0: The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus began speaking in the synagogue, saying, Today, this scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing. And all spoke highly of him, and were amazed at the gracious words which came from his mouth. They also asked, isn't this the son of Joseph? He said to them, Surely you will quote me this proverb. Physician, cure yourself and say, Do here in your native place the things that we heard were done in Capernaum. And he said to them, "Men, I say to you, No prophet is accepted in his own native place. Indeed, I tell you, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah when the sky was closed for three and a half years and a severe famine spread over the entire land. It was to none of these that Elijah was sent, but only to a widow in Zarephath in the land of Sidon. Again, there were many lepers in Israel during the time of Elisha the prophet, yet not one of them was cleansed, but only Naaman the Syrian. When the people in the synagogue heard this, they were all filled with fury. They rose up and drove him out of the town and led him to the brow of a hill from which their town had been built to hurl him down headlong. But Jesus passed through their midst of them and went away. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Fifteen years ago, I went into a Sears department store. The reason why is because they had something I wanted, and I had something they wanted. So the store manager came over and asked if I needed any help and, of course, when I told him I wanted a snowblower instead and not a pair of men's black socks, he got really excited. He goes, oh, it just so happens that our best model is on sale. And not only that, but there is a five-year warranty. We'll actually go to your house and fix anything. Service and parts will be free. And on top of all that, in addition, we have the easy start. All you have to do is push the button. You don't have to pull the cord anymore. And I said to him, I'll buy it. So we walk into the cash register, and he told me a little funny joke about customers buying snow blowers at the end of the snow season, which I was doing. And, of course, I chuckled, and I told him a little funny about trying to buy a snow blower at Home Depot, and, and he laughed. We finalized the sale, and we shook hands. He even patted me on the back. I mean, I liked the guy. He gave me a really good deal. And he liked me. I was the easy sell. But it's not love. I do not call it love. I call it shopping. So when I do something really nice to somebody, and then somebody else turns around and does something nice really to me, God in heaven doesn't say that that's love. God calls it shopping. So in Corinth, in the early church, there was a little Christian community there, and apparently the Christians were doing a lot of shopping. So Paul wrote this letter to re-clarify what the definition of love was, and he gave characteristics of what true love really is. We just heard the list. The list is really hard. It's a really hard list to live. My provincial has a financial board and has a couple of really good friends who are good with finances in St. Louis, and they came out for the weekend to help them. And they're really great guys. I, so when I saw them, I, of course, I, I asked them, I said, uh, how are you guys handling the Super Bowl this year? Because uh, the Rams used to play for the for St. Louis, and then they abandoned ship to go to L. A. And the last time the L. A. Rams were in the—I mean, the, the St. Louis Rams were in the, the Super Bowl—they they lost against the Patriots. So they said to me, "It's really hard. It's really hard to feel the love." Now, if St. Paul were there, of course, he would have said, Well, if you want to feel the love, then you can't brood over injuries on the list. You can't rejoice when somebody fails. But it's a hard list. I mean, look at the first thing on the list patience, patience. Which one of us can claim that we're experts at patience? I, had a, I was at a wedding rehearsal in one of the parishes in the diocese. And the bride came up to me and says, "You know, we have some musicians from Berkeley School of Music where we go to school, and and uh, we, we could we get could we borrow some folding chairs for them?" So I went into the sacristy and there was an elderly priest there, and I asked him, "Gee, I, I hate to bother you, but do you have some folding chairs for the musicians?" And he said to me, "Tell them to use the pews." And he said it like that with a really harsh tone. And I said, "Well, the, the cellos, cellos, <laughs> Can't, hard to play in a pew." Finally, he gave me the the folding chairs. And we started the rehearsal, and I said, Please be seated for the readings. And with the bride and groom, they had no chairs. They had kneelers there, but they didn't have any chairs. So I went back in the sacristy and said to the elderly priest, I I hate to bother you again, but do you have a couple of chairs for the bride and groom so they can sit down? And he said, Tell them to kneel. They don't have to sit. So I said, i oh, would like to sit because they're a little nervous and they can relax a little bit. And they can listen to the reading. And, and he, So I, I finally he gave me a couple of cheers. So at the end of the readings, the readers wanted to have a copy, a photocopy of the reading so they could practice and so they wouldn't be so nervous when they gave the reading the next day for the wedding. So back in the sacristy I went. Now let me tell you, it was hard. It was hard getting permission to use a photocopy machine. But that wasn't the hardest part. The hardest part was telling him that there was no toner in the photocopy machine. <laughs> now normally i do a wedding rehearsal in a half an hour. Two hours. Two hours. Patience. The next day I it was the wedding and the bride was an hour late. Apparently the limo driver didn't realize that there was a parade in town and it got stuck. It would have been longer. But the bride decided to get out of the limo, walk down the street in her wedding dress, and took a taxi. When she arrived at the church, she figured that I was going to be really upset because she was, it was, it was an hour late. But I wasn't. I was, I was happy to see her that, that she came when she, when she was able to. Anyways, a nice way. We, we, after the end of the wedding, I went back in the sacristy, and the older priest was there, and he said to me, "He said that was really beautiful," and it was. The music from Berkeley, the Berkeley kids were great. <laughs> the music, it was, it was really it was a very beautiful wedding. I said thank you, and, uh, he, and then he said to me, "He says I, I want to apologize for being so cranky. I just, I just at my age, it's just all of this, all of this is just too much." I says, "I understand," and then he says, "I want to also apologize for the for the bride being late. You and you have a busy schedule, and you're hanging here all day." I says, "That's not your fault. No problem." And then he said this to me: "You are the most patient man I have ever met in my entire life." Which goes to show that at least I have one on Paul's list covered. <laughs> I gotta get the others. Well, here's my point. Here's my point. Paul's list to, for the qualifiers for love is a hard list, it's really hard. And we can walk around life not feeling the love every day. But if we take his list to heart and we can live this list, A late bride will never ruin your day. If you can take Paul's list and incorporate it in your life, you will never, never have a bad day in your life again. If you can take Paul's list and incorporate it in your your daily living, you will win friends among the most hardened and cantankerous people. Most of all, if you can live this list, you will never ever have to go shopping again to feel the love because it'll always be there.